So this morning, though, what I kind of wanted to jump in is just a um, kind of share with you guys a little bit of a journey um, that I've been on the last nine months um, of kind of our lives. And in the midst of that, we've kind of, I've been going through the book of Ephesians, um, and it's been so good. Um, It's been super challenging. It has um, been life-giving. It's been slightly overwhelming at times. Um, But I don't think in of itself um, reading the book of Ephesians has been overwhelming. Um, I feel like it's been kind of just this season of life that we've been in. Um, We've been in a season of um, change. Um, We've been in this season of uh, humil- like humble, being humbled um, consistently, um, a season of change, um, a season of excitement, of more change, and then um, preparation for change um, that is coming. And it's just kind of been in the midst of all of the change, a whole lot of I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing (laughs) in like I don't know if I'm doing any of this right I don't know if this is working well because I don't really have anything to compare it to and it's all new (laughs) and so in the midst of that um if he's reading through sometimes like reading through the book of Ephesians um I would kind of just feel the Lord put his finger you know, on something in your life, Um, because really, I don't think you can go through the book of Ephesians and not be convicted about something, or really scripture anywhere, Um, or you can't just like casually um, not wrestle with things in your flesh, but I felt myself just, um, I'd feel the Lord kind of just, even the tiniest thing, you'd put his finger um, on something in my life, and just kind of say, okay, this is how I want you to respond differently and change here, or um, this is a different way that I want you to think about what you're doing here as I was processing it. And I kind of just felt myself go, no, like I can't handle any more change. Like I can't change the way I feel about something. I can't change the way that I think about this. Um, Or like, no, I don't want to do that. There's absolutely like there's I that's just not gonna happen um and it's funny because when I was little um and my mom would always ask me to like do something I didn't want to do um I learned my famous line was please no and so somehow I was politely disobedient (laughs) you know politely just saying no I don't want to do and what do you do as a mom like uh uh yes (laughs) like and that's kind of um even to this day I'll just say please no I don't and she's like Lena I hate when you say that because it makes me not want to make you do it but I need you to do it it's just like man um and so but I often found myself um in this conversation with the Lord and um he would and so in the midst of that conversation it was because it's like the no kind of came from this inner panic of inner panic of I don't know what to expect in that or I don't know how what that's going to look like or I don't know how that person is going to respond to that obedience and 
I just can't handle any more unpredictable. <laughs> and, and that right now just seems very unpredictable um, in my, and so, um, but it's kind of like the inner panic would start and you know, you always like, your mom asks you to do something, you still do it even though you don't wanna do it. And so it was just this wrestle of, okay, Lord, I'm gonna be obedient, but this inner panic inside of me still exists. And so this internal emotions um, is just still there. And it was so draining. Um, and finally, I kind of just sat down, because even when you're in the midst of the change, you don't realize all of the time like how much it's affecting you or why you're reacting the way that you're reacting or why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. You just know that it's not good. <laughs> you're just like, I just know that something's off and I can't really put into words what's going on. And I think that was challenging for me because like in marriage, you have to like learn how to communicate um, in a whole new way. And so it's like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I just know I'm mad. <laughs> and he's like, why are you angry? I don't know. And so that whole notebook line, it's a really, really real thing. And so, <laughs> but, um, and so I finally just like sat down on my couch one day and kind of just began to like, it just, all of it just kind of hit me like a brick. And I just began to cry out to the Lord. And I was like, I am overwhelmed. I'm tired. I like miss all of my friends. I don't know like how to do all of these things. And um, he just, I kind of just like poured all of that out. And it was the first time and it was really convenient timing because it was 11.15 and I had a, an appointment with a girl at 11.30 that I was picking up and I just am sitting on my couch all in my emotions, a hot mess. Great timing. And so, so I'm on the couch like, I can't be doing this right now. I can't be doing this. Pull yourself together. I'm, I can't do it anymore. And, the Lord, and I'm just like, no, pull yourself together. Pull yourself together. And so, but in that moment, um, so I'm pulling myself together and I was like, okay, Lord, I just need to hear from you. I need you to figure something out because my flesh is literally going crazy and I have absolutely no idea what to do with it. Um, like I, I've tried all the tricks. The tricks are all out the window. Um, I haven't figured it out. And he just spoke the word grace. And in that moment, I didn't necessarily get the full picture. I didn't necessarily understand exactly what that meant. But for just a moment, the inner panic inside of me just took a breath. <laughs> like, just took a, <sighs> okay. Like, I can pull myself together. I can get in my car, and I can go pick up this girl, and she's going to totally know that I was a hot mess five minutes ago because that's what happened, <laughs> and it's okay, like, it's okay that I don't have all of my ducks in a row right now, and so that was kind of the Lord um, began that process in my life, and I was, um, so I said I was in the book of Ephesians, and um, the next morning, I kind of opened up scripture, and I was kind of like, okay, Lord, 
You spoke grace. I have no idea really what that means, um, but I want to just enter into this journey with you of what that looks like. Um, and so I started reading. I went, I started back in chapter one, um, which I wasn't necessarily there, but I started back in chapter one and just began to read. And in verse two, um, you guys can turn there really quick. Um, So I'm just going to start in verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord um, Jesus Christ. So I kind of just stopped and I said, because, you know, the Lord speaks a word and you're like, okay, I probably need to stop at that word and think about it a little bit. Um, So I kind of just paused and then, Um, I remembered that Paul ends his letter with grace. So I flipped over to chapter 6, and I read, um, I jumped down to verse 24, and it says, Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. And I just kind of was like, you know, you think this is a common trend of Paul's. Um, In his New Testament writings, he often um, starts his letters that way and ends his letters that way. And I was like, okay, that, like, that's not an accident. Like, he didn't just accidentally do that every single time. (laughs) Um, It was very intentional. And it's kind of crazy. I looked, I try to find lots of commentaries, and not a whole lot of people have written, um, they don't know exactly why he did it. or, um, But so that being said, um, <clears throat> I don't exactly, I couldn't give you the great theological answer of why Paul wrote that that way. Um, you can study that if you want to, but it was like, it was just this, Paul laid the framework of grace. He began it with grace, and then he said, Okay, now here's all the things the Lord wants from you. And then he closed it with grace. And it was just this, okay, this question came to me of like, okay, Melina, how are you living within the framework of grace? How are you processing everything within this framework that I've established of grace? You've forgotten about it. You've forgotten about this grace that I've given you and how it completely frames all things that I speak to you, that I ask of you, that I want for your life. Um, And it's a gift. And right now you're just kind of letting it sit there and you've forgotten about it. And I was just like, okay, what is that? Like, so what does that look like? And um, so as I began to just kind of process through all of those things, um, I want to, the best way I was able to think of, to kind of explain this, um, with you guys and for you guys was to introduce you to some people. And so, um, we have some volunteers that are going to help us out, but, um, as I introduce you, um, to these people, I want you guys to just kind of think about how, um, how you personally relate to them. 
um, and know that I'm going to be kind of talking a little bit in extremes. Um, so these are things that I, in at each point of that, um, I kind of experienced at some capacity, but also they're a little bit extreme. <laughs> so, um, and that's just for point's sake, but um, also realize that you may relate to multiple of them in different areas. I mean, I, in the last nine months, have related to every single one of them at some point. Um, but not only that, as we, as I introduce you to them, and we kind of talk through them, and you um, identify with them, um, I want you to be thinking about, okay, so, but what does grace do um, in that person's life? What is the role of grace in that the way that person is processing information in that moment in that specific time of their life um, and why is it critical like why is it so important to live this christian life within the context of grace um and what i kind of realized is that we're going to talk about three things that grace does in each one of these people's lives um, and it challenges y you in a way um, it gives perspective and it releases um, burdens, it releases those emotions of being overwhelmed. Um, and so we're going to talk through each one of those things. Um, but got to keep up. Um, I really want you guys to just kind of think, even if I don't um, say the specific thing that you might already know, like, oh, I know right now this is the area that the Lord is going to speak to me and um, what he's going to say, but just to begin to ask this question of, okay, what does grace do in, in light of that? Um, what is, what, what, how does that challenge me to look at this in a different way or process this information from a different light? Um, and so I'm going to introduce you to the first person, um, and it is Mr. Ambition. Uh, also what I want, sorry guys, but also what I want you to know is I did not pick any of these people based on anything that I think of them. So he is labeled Mr. Ambition, and, um, but everything I'm about to say about him is not Logan, it's Mr. Ambition, okay? So I had to preface that with, um, especially every girl that I gave them a sign, I said, this means nothing about you, I am not speaking this over you, um, and so just for all of you to know that. Um, but so Mr. Ambition, right? So he is constantly wondering, how am I going to move up in the world? What am I currently doing right now to get my dream job? Um, what are the, what, how am I going to make the big bucks or um, that next promote? It's like they have like the promotion calendar written down. Like I know this promotion's coming up. I know this person um, is going that way. And kind of just always trying to make um, those social connections to help them move up in the world, but they're drained by this constant people-pleasing, um, approval, all of those things. And so, um, but where, how am I making the cut right now? I'm always looking for future things, um, and it's kind of, you kind of talk to those people and you're just, for me, it's draining. I relate to this person, but I feel like I kind of least relate to this person because I'm like, I'm fine right here. Like, please don't give me a promotion. I'm not ready for that. Like, <laughs> so, um, 
but um, we're con like I feel like even in the place of college, like our senior year, it's it's that overwhelming question of what is my job gonna be, and am I gonna have a good enough job in order for either um, to to make the label of okay, I've been successful, like. This all, especially when you start thinking about like all the money you just spent in college, you're like, I just spent a ton of money, so I gotta pay all that back, so I gotta get a really good job. <laughs> and so let me figure out how I can do that. Um, and so it's this kind of this constant hustle and bustle of, okay, I gotta make, I gotta get to the next step, I gotta get to the next step, I gotta get there. Um, and the crazy part is what Grace does in the midst of the hustle and bustle is it challenges you to view um, to view this call of, that the Lord has placed on you um, to serve God right now, right here in the midst of um, exactly where he's placed you to serve him and to serve others. And has kind of just said, okay, and I'm going to take care of the rest. Um, it challenges you to completely change the way that you're thinking um, about the next promotion or where you're going to go. Or, um, and then grace gives perspective in, into where um, your motivation lies. So it gives perspective of, of, okay, where is your motivation right now and where is it coming from? Um, and it's crazy because... 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is within me. And so it releases this pressure to perform for the sake of acknowledgement. It releases this pressure of, okay, like I'm going to work hard not for acknowledgement not for this next promotion because I know that the Lord is the one who establishes me he's the one who gives promotion he's the one who sets my income um, and he's going to be able to take care of all of those things and the crazy part is I found when we work um, from a place of grace and we work in um, in this facet of who God has created us to be it's like you can't not get like the workplace loves it <laughs> he loves um i can't tell you like just how many times i've seen believers walk into a workplace and they just can't stop getting promotions but it's not because they are seeking for that it's not because they're trying to get there but it's because they're resting in who God has created them to be, working with integrity, being someone who actually, like, shows up to work on time, like, that's not a normal thing. But, like, <laughs> it's appreciated. Um, and so this developed character that the Lord establishes um, in you is what, what determines success and what determines um, all of these different things. And so that is Mr. Ambition. And then next we have... Miss Perfectionist. Yeah, you're going to be here for a while. <laughs> we have Miss Perfectionist. So, 
I identify very well with Miss Perfectionist. <laughs> um, so Miss Perfectionist finds um, pride in flawless work. She loves for everything to be perfect, to run exactly the way that she wants it to. Um, she, and if something messes up or like there's even like a minor mistake, it's like you just keep replaying that scenario over and over and over and over and over and over your head. And you're like, okay, how can I make this not ever happen ever, ever, ever again? Because I just can't handle the fact that it wasn't perfect in that moment. And so I've got to set up all these rules now in order for that to not occur again. And so, um, and then say it's like one of those things and it's like something, a mistake happened and then you like get in your car and like your air conditioner won't work and it's just like, I can't do it. Like, it's like my air conditioner can't work. My brother won't answer the phone. I'm a horrible sister. Like, it's like you take this magnifying glass and you, like, put it in all of these, like, simple imperfections in your life. And you're just like, I'm hopeless. Like, I can't make it through life. And I'm just going to sit on my couch and watch Netflix forever. And then it's like, wait, my Netflix won't work. <laughs> so, um, that's a true story. I've, de- I've been there. I've done that. Um We have, like, spotty internet because we bum off of our landlords. So (laughs) there's moments where I'm like, I just want to binge watch Netflix and forget all my problems. And the Lord's like, just kidding, Netflix won't work. (laughs) And so it's like, okay. (laughs) But um, so it's like you take this magnifying glass and you start putting it on all of these imperfections um, that may exist in your life. And you just sit there. And so you start feeling this, operating from this weight of, like, um, legalist legalism in everything you start um, putting all of these rules in place to not allow any imperfection to happen it's like okay if I do this this way this is what will happen um, we do it in relationships we do it to ourselves we do it even in our relationship with the Lord and we just find ourselves constantly disappointed over and over and over in ourselves in our friendships Um, And sometimes even with the Lord, you're like, dude, this didn't happen the way it was supposed to happen. Like, can you not see? Um, And so you're just, you get frustrated. And um, then, but let's take a look a little bit at what grace does in in light of that. Grace challenges you um, to extend grace to yourself and to others around you, um, and to drop the critical uh, and judgmental spirit. Um, Because the crazy part is is sometimes we always view that in lens of, like, I'm going to be critical towards somebody else or judgmental towards somebody else. But oftentimes we flip that around and we're critical on ourselves or we're critical and judgmental on ourselves. Um, And we just think that's okay. (laughs) Like, we just think, oh, this is a normal part of life. but really, like, that's what never what God intended for that to look like. And, um, but instead, instead of being critical and judgmental, it challenges you to love, to care, and to be willing to learn. Um, I think that's huge is, um, especially in this season, I've had to learn 
a lot. <laughs> like, just a lot. And the only reason why I couldn't achieve perfection is just for the simple fact of I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that it was going to turn out that way, or I didn't know. Um, and so this grace gives you the ability to learn. And then as you're learning, it allows you to be able to teach with grace. Um, there's such a difference from being able to teach someone from a place of grace than from teaching them like, okay, I'm going to teach you this so you don't do it wrong next time because that just screwed me up pretty bad. So I need you to do it right. So we're not in this position again. But being able to say, okay, no, I'm going to teach you from a place of because I love you and I want to see you grow and I want to see you mature and I want to be a part of that journey with you. I tell you, the conversation, totally different. <laughs> it's a totally different way um, of having conversations with people. And so um, that's how grace challenges you in that area. And grace gives perspective um, to the proper expectation that everything um, in the, like, sh she's never going to be perfect. She's always going to be flawed at some capacity. Um, relationships are always going to um, have hard things in them. There's always going to be um, those things that don't work just right. Um, but that's not, what not, that's not what gives her her value um, and worth, and um, it's not established in those things. Um, but comes from a God who sees her, um, sees every single imperfection, um, and still cherishes her and delights in her. And that's crazy to me. You know, like that is that like that allows me to breathe. Is <laughs> just he sees every imperfection and he knows all of the flaws that are currently inside of me and that are going to happen. Um, and it's. It, his thoughts and the way that he loves me and cherishes me never changes. And so, um, and then grace also allows you um, to take all of those imperfections um, and all of those things and bring them to a perfect and a holy God and release them. And literally that release them um and then he forgives them all completely and it perfectly accepts you and um zephaniah 317 um this is one that i often go to when i'm kind of sitting in that place of today it didn't go the way i wanted to <laughs> and um but it says he will rejoice over you with gladness he will quiet you by his love, and he will exalt over you with loud singing. Um, and so the next person we have is Mr. Pleaser. Yes, Mr. Pleaser. So Mr. Pleaser, his day revolves around making, sh making sure everyone around him is happy, uh, making sure that he is bending over backwards to not inconvenience anyone um, or not to say something that might offend somebody else. And it's kind of like just this um, juggling act of trying to not, um, hold on, trying to juggle everyone's emotions um, 
all in the air on top of everybody else, all on top of all of your responsibilities within the day. So it's like you have to juggle everybody else's emotions that you're interacting with on top of all the other responsibilities that you have in the middle of like these spoken and unspoken expectations that you think exist. Because it's like, oh, I think that this person expects this of me, even though they've never said that before, but that makes a lot of sense. And so I can't do that because that will really make them mad. And it's like, where'd that come from? Where, like, where did you get that rule? And it's, but nope, it's a ball and it's being juggled right now. And I'm juggling it. And so it's this crazy juggling lack, and you're like, but I really have to make sure that I go get those groceries in the middle of juggling all these things. But um, someone in the office just asked me to go do this, but okay, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to go get the groceries, and I'm going to then be late for life group, and but all my balls are still being juggled all at the same time. And um, it's ex- it's absolutely it's kind of exhausting you know (laughs) like when you just think and you sit in your car and I'm a list maker um maybe it's my perfectionist in me but like literally I um this is funny Kate asked me one time when we lived together um this is kind of a side note I really need to hurry but Kate asked me she goes Melina how do you like always like just get out of bed and then like make it to where you need to go on time even though you haven't like like, it's different every single time, but you're always still on time. And I go, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know. So I started thinking about it, and I realized I lay in bed, and I think through each minute of how long I have to do each thing. So it's like, okay, I have five minutes to figure out what I'm going to wear. I have five minute, uh, one minute to, like, put my hair up. I have one minute to find my keys. I have one minute to find my wallet. And then... <laughs> I have to be out the door. So I'm this list maker of like I deliberately minute by minute plan how I'm going to get to where I need to go based on what time I want to get out of bed. So um, if you ever want a trick, that might come in handy. I have no idea. Um, But so like when I'm juggling all of these balls, like that's what I'm doing with people's expectations um, is putting those in that list of, okay, how am I going to meet every single one of these expectations Um, in the midst of all of that and um, so but what grace does is it challenges you to not meet all the pressure um, that is placed on you by yourself Um, because honestly most of it comes from you Um, you're the one that normally adds those balls um, in the mix of all of that Um, and instead to be able to walk confidently in who the Lord has created you to be and how and where he's created you to walk in that place. Um, Galatians 1.10. Man, this verse sometimes just really gets under my skin and, and the, pushes that button, you know. Uh, uh, it says, Galatians 1.10, for, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. You just go, okay, let me just drop some of these balls. (laughs) Let me just try to let them go. And, um, but grace gives perspective in the fact, um, and I think it is, you see it in Galatians 1.10, that it's absolutely impossible 
to do all of those things. Um, it's absolutely impossible to please everyone. Um, there's no way that we're capable of juggling everyone's emotions. Um, and grace is, the, is what catches all the ones that fall. Um, there's this, like, this net that catches all of the things that fall. Um, and so it's okay to drop them. It's okay to um, let them go. And this is, this one, grace releases the fear of having to humbly apologize. Because um, I think so many times we're juggling because we're so f- afraid we're going to do something wrong or we're so afraid we're going to offend somebody. But what grace does is it gives you the ability, like when one of those things falls and the fact that you probably should have not let that one fall, um, it allows you the space to apologize and be okay with apologizing and not being fearful of that. Um, you know, I think apologizing is one of the greatest gifts that the Lord has given us. Um, the fact that we have been completely forgiven by Christ um, is wonderful. Um, it is great. It is, um, but it doesn't stop there. He's given that ability to us. He's given that ability for us to be able to ask for forgiveness um, and also extend it. And um, doing that's okay. If I've learned anything, it's like I have to apologize a lot. (laughs) You know, I have to apologize a lot. And it's okay. Um, And it doesn't matter um, if that person is going to extend forgiveness or it doesn't matter if what that conversation is going to look like, that it's still okay to begin have that conversation. And so um, that is, there's been so much freedom for me being able to say, it's okay to apologize and it's okay to know, acknowledge the fact that the ball dropped. But acknowledge the fact that the ball dropped. <laughs> apologize. So many times I feel like I'm like, I ain't apologizing. I'm just going to let that sit there, and I'm just going to keep going. But it's okay to acknowledge that the ball dropped and pick it up and ask the person, hey, can I keep juggling this and try to not allow that to occur again? Um, And then we have miscontrol. So miscontrol is filled with all of the things um, she knows and it's filled with all of the things that could possibly go wrong. Um, she knows all of those things. She is the expert at knowing all the what-if questions. So what if this happens? What if this happens? And then before they even happen, she like starts thinking of the solution. So if this happens, then this is the solution. Or if this happens, this is what I could do. And if this happens, well, then I could do this. She knows, like, she starts coming up with the solutions before... They even start happening because she's got to know what to do if that occurs in her life. And um, so, but, and she can't help but have her hands in micromanaging everything. She knows what's happening here. She knows what this person's doing. She knows what's this, like group projects. How many of you? I, like, <laughs> Emily's over there. Yep. It's like, okay, I need to know, know when you're doing that, at what time, what minute, what words exactly are you writing, and how are you going to say that in your speech? Like, do you have it on note cards? Can I read your note cards? <laughs> um, and then all of and so it's like 
She just know she has to know everything that's going on so that everything moves exactly the way that it's supposed to. The miss perfectionist and miscontrol, they have a lot of common. They they know a lot of they, they go hand in hand. And um but what Grace does is it challenges you to to know and believe that God is sovereign. That he's sovereign in every detail, he's sovereign in every mistake. Um, and he's even sovereign in the things not going well. Um, he's sovereign in the things that you just lost control of. He's sovereign in the plans changing. Um, that's crazy. And Psalm 37, 5 says, commit your way to the Lord, trust him, and he will act. And so I know it's that's simple, um, but it's so true. If we just paused and said, okay, I'm going to trust you and trust the fact that you're going to act right now in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of all of the things that I can't control. And then grace gives perspective that not things, like not everything is able to be controlled. Um, It's not able to all fit in a box and like machines break. Computers are terrible. Like they're going to freeze on you. You're going to lose your papers, your projects, all of those things. And, um, but it allows you to take a moment, stop, and seek the Lord in, okay, how do you want me to respond in this moment? How do you want me to process this? And realizing that it's not our job to fix the problem. It's never our job to fix the circumstance. It's our job to pause and be obedient to pause and hear from the Lord because he might just say, I want you to step back and walk away and let that just sit there. And you go, just, you want me to step back and walk away. <laughs> like, you're sure, you, you sure, I can go talk to somebody. Like, now you're like, Lord, don't let, don't, I don't want to do anything. And no, you're like, no, 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 let me go fix that. And he's like, no, I want you to stop. And I want you to walk away. And to trust the fact that, okay, he's got that. Like, I don't have to fix that. I don't have to put my hand there. And then grace releases the need to know all things. Y'all are ladies in here. The Lord knows. <laughs> I don't know how many. They're, they're like, I don't know if he's going to propose or not propose. Or do I have to find a new house to live in? Or what job am I going to? And I'm like, just release it. The Lord's going to take care of you. You're going to be okay. I promise. And, um, but in the way of having, um, of having to do everything yourself, um, realizing that you don't have to carry that weight. Um, that's just one of the main reasons God designed community. Um, so he never designed us to have to carry everything on our own. Um, and grace is what produces trust in the fact that um, the Lord is the one who's going to respond and he's going to react and he's going to be able to fix the solutions. And that's never you. Even if you're in the, if he allows you to be a part of the solution, ultimately he's the one that comes in and controls all of those things. Um, Proverbs 16:9 says, The heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. So last but not least, oh, I got to really hurry. Okay, Miss Insufficient. So Miss Insufficient 
seems to find failure far too often. This has nothing to do with you. Um, <laughs> the littlest things, um, the littlest things about not being able to meet the mark is absolutely crippling. Um, they're often striving, striving to prove themselves to make sure that this inefficiency um, actually doesn't exist in their life. Um, they carry around several insecurities. They're like fearful to like walk in opportunities that get that's given to them because they're like, there's no way I can do that. Like, do you see that job description? And do you see what I currently can do and willing to do? Like, they don't match, man. And so just saying like, okay, I'm not going to take that risk or because I am comfortable and I don't want to experience this fear of being inefficient. And what grace does is it challenges you to rest and receive the gifts that God has for you. So you're able to walk away from work going, okay, I didn't write that life group guide. I needed to do that. It's Thursday. And I didn't make that phone call that I was supposed to make. But I can go home and I can actually rest because the fact is that the Lord is the one who fills in all the gaps. And every inefficiency and everything he fills the gaps, and he is sufficient. And um, it's crazy. I can't. I could tell you guys story after story of how the Lord has been sufficient in my inefficiencies. Um, how he has. I was supposed to talk to a girl that I was having a mental breakdown. Didn't get there, but like somehow someone from Mars came and like did this thing in her life and had this miraculous conversation. And it's like like it was just like it's these crazy things of just the lord fills in the gap um one time i had oh i don't have time for stories okay so but so grace gives perspective um and fills all of the gaps um and then in ephesians 3 or 2 20 um it says that he's not only going to take what you can accomplish but he's going to give you um immeasurably more and abundantly than you could ever ask or receive so he then takes those in inefficiencies and multiplies like the work that you're able to do with that um, and do immeasurably more than you could ever think. Um, but you, it just gives this willingness to say, okay, I'm just going to say yes in the midst of my inefficiency. And so, um, but what I want you guys to see, I'm going to like do this really quick because we have to run, is grace, you can put it on, <laughs> grace covers all of the overwhelming aspects and the draining aspects of each one of these things. It makes them to where they're not overwhelming. It makes them to where they're not tiresome. It makes it to where you can actually breathe um, and you have some wiggle room. It makes your flesh, flesh kind of chill out a little bit saying, it's okay. <laughs> like there's grace and you can walk in it. Um, and so we are as... Um, kind of a uh, revive. We've kind of been walking through this thing of human vocation. Um, and what I really want you guys to begin to think about is to think about um, what that is within the context of grace. Um, that the Lord has given us a human vocation and it is great and it is perfect, but he's also placed it in the context of grace. And we're about to step into a, a really challenging question. Um, if you've heard it in life group, Kendall is going to talk about it next week. So if you're not here, 
you want to listen to it. But the question is, at this point in your journey, how do you envision your call to God's mission in the world? And every time, this question can be extremely overwhelming. You can be like, I have absolutely no idea how to answer this question or what that looks like. But I just want to ask, like, if I could tell you anything before you start this question, is start it from a place of grace. He doesn't expect perfection. He doesn't expect you to get it all right right now. He knows the fact that you don't know, and he's okay with that. He's not worried about it. Um, but to so start answering that question from a place of grace, and then once you receive that new information and you have something written down on a paper, um, to leave it in the context of grace. Because your flesh is going to want to take it and put it in one of these places. It's, you're you're going to want to take that information, and Miss Perfectionist is going to now say, okay, now I have to be perfect at this new calling, and right now. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, like he wants to teach you how to walk in that. He wants to be a part of that journey. Um, and so that's, um, we're going to, in life group, we're going to start diving through that question. But this next week, um, in life group, you're just, if you are a Monday night or a Sunday night or Thursday night, my bad, Monday or Thursday um, we're going to just take a time of prayer um, to realize all of these things that we may struggle with or all of these questions we may have or all of these things our flesh kind of constantly wrestles with. And we're going to say, okay, God, can you place grace over that? Um, can you take that? And as I answer this question, can we just put it in this context and in this framework? And then we're going to just spend some time worshiping um, and at, reminding and us being allowed to be reminded of who the Lord has created us to be and how he sees us um, before we dive into that question next week. So um, I'm going to pray in like one minute, and then we're going to go to the next service. <laughs> God, we thank you so much for the gift of grace. Um, we thank you for um, silly props and silly people that we get to walk and talk about. But God, I just ask that you would just put your finger on the areas that we just need to say um, yes to your grace and we receive that um god but i just ask that it would become real and tangible in our life and that we would actually be able to live within the framework of grace that you've given i just praise in jesus name amen